he literally showed up at a coffee shop and had what, what I, the only thing I can imagine is when the Unabomber crawled out of his cabin and uh, was going to mail off stuff. He had a giant stack of papers that he'd been printing out. And uh, when he showed up at the coffee shop, it was like a giant manifesto of this book. And I was like, it's going to take forever to read. For many of us as a kid, thumbing through a comic book could transport us to other worlds, flying through the universe at the speed of light. Watching immortal enemies battling to the death. And some of us never grew out of it. Welcome to the Under the Mask podcast, where we discuss the super process behind superheroes. Not just superheroes, aliens, horror, Thrillers. If you can find it on a comics page, you can find it here. Here, you'll learn how to make comics. From the initial outlines, scripts, and artwork, to printing and putting the final book in a bag and board. For many years, Bill Colomb has written his book, Kinetic, and sold thousands of copies across the nation. And now we're inviting you along for an inside look to the comics process. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you're in the right place. This is the Under the Mask Podcast, and this is Bill Colomb. Under the Mask Podcast, episode 50. Before we get into today's show, I want to send a special shout out and thank you to all of the listeners who've helped Under the Mask Podcast hit the big 5-0. Thank you. I couldn't do it without you. My guest today is a friend who I first met at a smaller local comic convention a few years back. He's the co-creator and co-writer of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, published by Oni Press. And his latest work, Starlight, features a group of former childhood superheroes trapped in space with such colorful characters as Space Cat Pirates and Transdimensional Spider Wizards. His words, not mine. Starlight is live on Kickstarter through June 2nd. You can support it by visiting www.starlightcomicbook.com. I'd like to introduce Greg Smith. Greg, thank you so much for coming on and talking with me today. Hey, I'm glad you could have me. I'm, I'm glad we could make this happen. It's been a, a, weird, a weird year where I'm used to seeing folks that uh, I see pretty much like every other weekend and uh it's good to be able to talk to you (laughs) yeah we were talking about that before the show and it uh, 2020 was definitely a weird year and 2021 is turning out about the same so it's uh, definitely good to catch up with people i haven't talked spoken to in a while yeah yeah well the first thing i'm going to ask you greg like i ask all my guests i want you to tell us a little bit about your story who are you and how did you get to be with us here today uh, well, I am Greg Smith, and I uh, I'm I'm here via the internet. No, I, uh, I I'm just I'm just a dude that likes to write comics with his friends. Uh, I uh, never really thought I would. This is going to be the path that I was going to go down, or this is going to be the thing that I would do. Uh, I'd always wanted to write stuff, write stories as a kid. When I was going to school and learning how to write, I didn't I didn't think comic books was uh, a viable thing for me. Like not a viable thing, a 
a thing that I could actually do. I, I thought like, oh, I can write short stories or I could write other things like small poems and other stuff like that. And I spent my time doing that. And then all of a sudden, one day, ideas started flowing and uh, I started writing uh, more prolific stories as opposed to these short little one page stories and stuff like that. And uh, I, I was writing more, I guess, uh, writing more in the vein of like, a, you know, screenplays and other stuff like that. And that's what I, that's what I thought my, my end goal was going to be, but it's interesting how comics and, uh, and writing for other, other things like TV or film kind of, kind of coincide because they're very similar. If you write screenplays in one thing, you can kind of get an idea to how to write it in the other. So I started writing more and more with my writing partner from college, Mike Tanner, who I write Junior Brace of the Apocalypse with. One night over a bunch of text messages, came up with the idea for Junior Brace of the Apocalypse that turned into the graphic novel series from Oni Press that uh, that kind of threw us into making comics, something that in college we just talked about, comic books and other things like that. But now here we are about 12 years later, actually making them. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue into my next question, because before we talk about your latest project, which is live on Kickstarter, Starlight, I wanted to talk briefly about your past work. So give us the quick pitch for Junior Raves of the Apocalypse, and let's talk about it briefly. Okay, so the quick pitch is exactly what I sent him in a, in a random text message. Uh, I had uh, been a clown, a, a professional clown, uh, doing birthday parties and other events and stuff like that for uh, a good handful of years. And I had an accident, so it laid me up because I had... Uh, for the better for the better part of a year uh had compressed my spine and uh broken some stuff in the back in my back so I, I couldn't really move and do a lot of stuff so i was just sending text messages to, to mike and other friends and one text message that i sent to mike was boy scouts in an apocalyptic setting trying to get to grandma's house and this was back in i want to say 2008 and i just sent it it like in the middle of the night like probably 11 or 12 and he's like Tell me some more. So he just kept asking me to text him more. And I just kept texting him. And about three o'clock in the morning, he he texted me back and he was like, I, I think we're writing a comic book. Uh, after after about three hours of just texting, the next morning he tells me what what really transpired. And it was that he was going to RollerCon. He was a roller derby uh, referee, and he was going to RollerCon from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. And the guy he was sharing a car with happened to be the photographer for the LA Derby Dolls. His name is Charlie Chu. He was leaving LA to get out of the film industry to go into comic books to become an editor at Oni Press. And he found this random text message conversation that Mike and I were having in the car to be interesting. And at the end of the conversation, he was like, you guys should just write that up because I want to take that to, to the company. <laughs> and uh, so basically, uh, Boy Scouts fighting zombies, uh, trying to find that way to grandma's house was the initial pitch. But what it really is, is more, it turned into more of a Goonies meets the Walking Dead type situation where you have a, a group of kids that have gone out in the wilderness. They learn a bunch of skills, earn a bunch of patches and badges. And when they come back to town, their town has been overrun by zombie monsters. And they have to find out what's going on, figure out where all the adults are at and try to survive. But it doesn't all get resolved or, or figured out in book number one. And sadly, not even in book number two. Uh, and right now, our, our artist, Zach Lehner, is he's doing great work on knocking out some art for book number three. 
And it's been an interesting year because we actually uh, we actually put out uh, a Junior Braves Survival Guide to the Apocalypse uh, role-playing game book earlier this summer. It was a bummer that there was no events or conventions that we could go to. I was supposed to go to uh, a couple different really big game conventions because this has actually been put together uh, myself, Gremlin Legions, and the team that brings you Kids on Bikes all work together to basically take the Kids on Bikes rule set and take our story and put it into that universe. So this is actually an expansion book to the Kids on Bikes games uh, that are already existing. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of crazy that uh, we've we've got the Junior Braves of the Apocalypse uh, book series that now fits into a game series that has multiple versions and 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 things because you've got kids on bikes, kids on brooms, uh, kids in space, <laughs> so and now kids in the apocalypse. And it's just funny uh, for those of you who don't know my history with Greg. Um, I'd met you at a couple different conventions. I think the first one may have been Rose City or Emerald City mm-hmm. or something like that. And I had seen you around the convention circuit. Uh, a lot of us artists and creators, we go around and, you know, like you said, I'll see you every other week or when the conventions are really busy, you know, usually we're going to the same ones. And mm-hmm. I had seen you for maybe a year, but I hadn't actually picked up Junior Braves of the Apocalypse. And I think it was at UConn where I was just like, hey, man, I'm like, I see you around all the time. I'm like, I got to support you. Uh, so I ended up picking up that first one. Oh man. Yeah. And UConn, that was like, like, I, I hope that convention comes back as far as small Northwest Pacific Northwest conventions. It's such a nice convention. That's my wife's hometown. So it's kind of nice to go back to the, to that area, but the, uh, the, just the overall vibe and feel is so, so laid back and homey. It's it, like, for me, it's like Jet City is up here in in the Seattle Tacoma area. It's Jet City's a nice laid back convention. Yukon's a nice laid back convention. But as much as we both love Junior Braves of the Apocalypse, uh, we're here, of course, to talk about your new series, Starlight, uh, which is live on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it's going to be live through June 2nd. Give us the quick pitch for Starlight and let's talk about it. All right. So uh, I couple different things. River superheroes are trapped in space with a tabloid reporter, space cat pirates, and transdimensional space spider wizards on this wild ride for for issue three. But uh, essentially, it's this is this is the story of what happens when child superheroes are all grown up and what happens to them. Do they end up just like you see on all those YouTube or TMZ videos and stuff like that uh, with their past haunting them? Or do they try to figure out what to do in the real world? Tris and Sarah Sheridan, who are formerly known as Mighty Boy and the Melter, the Ultra Kids have gone into hiding, uh, shed their superhero identities to live lives as normal teenagers because Upon becoming teenagers, their superhero powers have diminished or disappeared. So they figure the best way to uh, move forward with their lives is to just be kids. Uh, the difficult part with that, as we, we learn in issue number one, is being a normal kid is very difficult for someone who's been a superhero since the age of six. So both uh, Chris and Sarah have been dealing with different things. Chris is the iconic he he fits into the iconic mold of your very much like a a captain america or a or a superman type hero he he fits into those types of i believe in these things and these are the right things and these are the things you need to do to be good and we have to be good and do these right things and his sister just is chasing that 
that feeling and also uh, they're both going down different paths uh, as normal kids. But issue number one doesn't just end on that. It ends on a kidnapping scheme with space cat pirates. Uh, not to spoil anything for those who are who are just getting in inundated with this information, but as we are on issue number three now, uh, and you start to see all this amazing artwork on the internet from Brett Woodell, uh, and and hear hear blips and 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 buzzes from Travis Webb and myself and our editor David Mayer, you're going to hear all about issue number two and what happens with these space cat pirates and these trans-dimensional space pirates, space wizards or spider wizards who have uh, who've called the space cat pirates to do their bidding to kidnap these uh these kids and see if they have their powers so or what what they're looking for in order to continue their journey it's a it's it's a fun it's a fun story that uh that was been been a fun time to work uh work on with both travis and uh with brett uh if you're not familiar if people are familiar with uh, uh brett Woodell, uh he He's the artist for the surrogates, Southland Tales, and a number of other things like One Fall, um, another successful Kickstarter book. It's been a pleasure to work with him in a professional manner. We've been friends for a few years. I met him and Travis a few years back when I did my first ECC uh, with Junior Braves. So we're just a couple tables down and and just did one of those, oh, hey, how's it going kind of things because a a mutual friend got us to talk, got us talking and, and from that point on, it's just been, okay, cool. What's, what's next? You know, like, you know, where are we, what are we going to do? Um, you know, where are we going to go? How are we going to do things in the sense of like, uh, just day to day, normal human things. Uh, and then all of a sudden this idea pops up two years ago and it's like, oh, I guess we're going to work on a project together. <laughs> like real COVID people. <laughs> I guess we can do that because that's what we know each other as. So it's a this this issue is really where things pick up though because uh, it's all it's all intergalactic it's all space it's all a lot of a lot of different things are opening up in this story so we get to see a lot of a lot more of Sarah and Chris's uh, interactions as well as Roger he's the uh, he's kind of like that that correspondent uh, war aging war correspondent who was caught up in the uh, in the kidnapping and brought onto the alien ship with them he. Uh, the, for the best part of uh, if you want a good analog, he's an analog for um, Geraldo Rivera, <laughs> you know, type of guy. He, he wants to bust them as the suit as the uh, the superheroes they used to be. So that's that's where he kind of fits in. But he's also kind of like that angry uncle that everyone has. So <laughs> it sounds like if the uh celebrity the young celebrities from the mickey mouse club had it been a superhero team is their career trajectory more like keenan thompson or macaulay calkin oh yeah <laughs> one is one and the other is the other <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to put it yeah what was the initial inspiration for starlight uh so the initial inspiration was uh travis and brett had gone to the gone to burning man and we're talking on the way down about wanting to do something together. And Brett said he thought a comic book about rave culture would be interesting and cool. Travis had said he had thought about doing a rave comic book, but no one wanted rave comic books because rave comic books were not marketable. And he didn't think that they would be something that anybody would be interested in. And by the end of Burning Man, uh, they had conceived the idea of, well, what if 
kind of analogy characters for things that we might be familiar with, but also want to know the his the new history or the, the the new future of these characters would be like this if this happened, and uh, you know all these different these different ideas, and then the genesis of this story kind of came about over that period in the desert and then upon them leaving and getting back into a more civilized area or more into a civilization type area where they could use a cell phone i get a phone call and it's like we came up with a crazy idea kid superheroes they don't have their powers anymore they get abducted by aliens one is a rave kid who is just like it's all about going to raves and chasing the party feeling and the other one just wants to be like captain america a good kid and you know football hero whatever and we're gonna start writing it as soon as we get back to you know seattle and portland and i was like okay sounds awesome i can't wait to read it because like whatever you guys are figuring out and this is just when they started to work together on it so it was initially just brett and travis uh travis coming up with the idea scripting it all out uh and, and writing everything as he was writing it uh a little background on travis uh for just because it kind of gives an idea. Travis used to be a large club promoter in the Seattle area back in the early 2000s. And he uh, threw a lot of raves and parties and stuff like that. So he's very connected in the rave community and rave culture. So it makes a lot of sense that making a rave comic book. <laughs> so there's one thing. And then secondly, he was a, a journalist and also a ghostwriter for uh, scripts and other things like that. So his his writing chops are there. It's just a matter of like taking on such a large story like this. Uh, and when when he brought it to me uh, just to read and check it out, I, I was I was checking out and reading it. And I got to a point in it where I, I literally like I'm crying, like emotionally connected to the story itself. Like I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like this is a really good story. But then another another like I don't I don't know what you're planning on doing with this. This is going to be like a graphic novel or is this going to be. Because it's a very large story. Is a very it was it was it was very large. I was like, is this a graphic novel or is this a multi-volume series of like many issues? And at that point, I think that's when he had the the idea of like, okay, well, I need to think about it. And then about a month later, he called and asked me if I wanted to work on the project with him because he needed to either turn it into a graphic novel and edit the script in a way or, or re-script it in a way that fit that format or change everything from that format into a pared down issue version of the script. So we went back through and, and sanitized a lot of the writing that he had because uh, he literally showed up at a coffee shop and had what, what I, the only thing I can imagine is when the Unabomber crawled out of his cabin and uh, was going to mail off stuff. He had a giant stack of papers that he'd been printing out. And uh, when he showed up at the coffee shop, it was like a giant manifesto of this book. And I was like, it's going to take forever to read. <laughs> but but it was it was worth it. It was worth a couple of hours that I, I sat down and read this, you know, over over that um, like 10 cups of coffee. <laughs> and that was, that's another great segue, because uh, let's talk a little bit about your process. And how did you take that idea, that concept, and like you said, that ma that kind of unpolished manifesto uh, for something like Junior Braves or Starlight, and take it from the initial concept to getting it to the, that final script? Oh, man, it, it, like there's been so many changes in just general processes um, in how I and how I've done things. Uh, but I would say 
working with Mike on Junior Braves and him being in Los Angeles and myself being in Seattle has been great because we do everything either in uh, in Google Docs uh, and write together that way, or we use um, I want to say like a Final Draft and we're we're sharing the document that in that way. And we're going back and forth. So we're we're constantly doing that kind of either share screen thing and then having a conversation just like this with a video screen open. So we could kind of see each other and make sure we're having that engaged conversation while we're working on the document. But that's how we've been doing things for, I would say, the last 10 years. So when COVID hit and Travis and I went from working on this book side by side, and working together or face to face at a you know a coffee shop or whatever and hanging out or and and doing that to having to do everything over the internet for me it wasn't that big of a of a change uh, and we just kind of pivoted and worked into it and and that was that was great for also the other the other aspect of things like how I fit into most of the things that I've done in the past I've usually done the uh, the plot ideas. Uh, Here's here's the outline of what we're doing uh, with Junior Braves. This is this is where I think we should go with this. Now it's just a matter of Mike and I finding out the script of uh, the way the script goes, and Mike kind of he he's the guy that hammers it all in and makes it look really pretty on the page. Um, and that's what he's done on Junior Braves and other stuff uh, with Starlight. It's a flip one eighty, and Travis is the guy that is telling me all the things that he's got in his head and i'm the guy that's like okay now cool i'm gonna hammer this all in and punch this down into the spot that it needs to go into or punch this up to make it more of a moment and you know make it fit into the story or trim out some of his dialogue where it was like ridiculously heavy uh because both both Travis and I have the, I guess, diary of the pen sometimes or the keyboard where it's like, oh man, all this stuff needs to go in there, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, uh, sometimes 35 images or whatever, not images, like uh, characters, you can get a, enough description or, or information in that, in that word bubble versus, uh, you know, like a five paragraphs <laughs> of, of text. So we've, we've turned out a lot of stuff. And then when we can't do it, uh, David or David Mayer, our editor comes in and he's like, something's not working and uh, you guys will figure it out. Or this is my suggestion. Let's see if it'll work out. So it's been kind of, that's also nice. Uh, a lot of, a lot of what I do with this too is there was uh, like the Roger character. He was very minimal for for a while during the first two drafts that uh, that we worked out. Uh, the first draft that Travis had, and the second draft that I worked on, and by the fourth draft of this book, uh, the, the the whole entire run of the seven issues that we have now, Roger is a very fleshed out character. He has some skin in the game, if you will, as to how things go. He's a little more developed in some stuff. He's not just there for anger issues or whatever. He's He's got a lot more of a reason to be in the story and a lot more moments. And that's when I when I read him the first pass, I, I felt like it was it was either he needed he needed to either be blown up more or just blown out completely. And I really felt like he was somebody that we needed to have in the story. So uh, I just went to work building him up. And people that have read my 
other stuff that I've written in the past, uh, just by myself, like some of my own singular work, they're, they look at when they read Starlight issues one and two and read Roger character moments, they're like, oh, this is Greg. <laughs> like, this is this is definitely Greg right here. It's, it's, it is definitely like, the, it's just how I write. What are you excited about with this launch? With this launch, I'm just excited to be able to get the Stargazers, that's our our fan base, uh, the next issue of this book. I am, I, I, we wouldn't have been able to make issue, like honestly, we started launching these books in the beginning of a pandemic uh, when literally the world was on fire, nothing good was happening. And that was that was issue number one. Issue number two, we had a, uh, a launch that, that dropped and didn't, and, and, and kind of we just said you know what we're just going to let it ride out and we're going to we're not going to we're not going to push because there's too much bad stuff happening in the world right now and us trying to talk into it is like talking into a void and we're not helping anything else in the world by selling this book so we're just going to we're just going to let the kickstarter run out and then hopefully in a month things will either get better or we'll we'll see what happens when we relaunched issue number 2 Everyone that we had from issue number one realized that we were actively not trying to push a book during a very bad time for the world. And, you know, just for, you know, just for people in general, because they're just dealing with so much stuff that they were thankful and they came back and they supported the book. And in 24 hours, we, we saw it just like get funded. Uh, issue number three, where we're like literally like a couple of a couple of things back like backers away from funding right now, and that blows my mind. Uh, again, just the people have just come out and said, "Okay, we realize that there's things that are putting out there and you're doing to make these changes, and that are going to cost a little bit of money to make issue number three that much better." And two of those things, and and I guess why I'm excited to be able to get issue number three into people's hands is because we brought actually two people onto the book. Our goal change from the last book uh, to this book uh, slightly by a thousand, about fifteen, yeah, a little bit, a couple, uh, about a thousand or more uh, than we had on the previous book, and that's basically because we added two 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 new members to the team uh, for this. We uh, we have additional art and variant cover by Lee Moyer. You got somebody who is coming to us. And he actually, he's been super helpful in uh, the past two books, just been helping us with a lot of different things and just kind of be a re- been a reassuring voice for Travis and the team, like just saying, okay, these are things that are, you're doing good. These are the things that I think you guys uh, can, you know, these are things that I think you can work on. And actually he, he had a suggestion and that suggestion uh, was having us uh, have Brett stopped lettering the book himself and bring on another person. And that would be having Tom come onto the team. And I'm going to mess up Tom's name because I am the worst at this, but Tom Orzenchowski. So if anybody's familiar with the run of this book, I guess that came out in the 90s called Spawn, he lettered the whole thing. So uh, <laughs> He's a Guinness Book uh, world record holder of comic book lettering. It's an obscure book, but I'm sure you can find it if you search hard enough. I'm sure you can find a copy. If you, Yeah, it's definitely out there. Uh, having him come on the team is also just like, it's one of those like, I, I think when Lee and Travis were talking, Travis approached me and asked if I was okay with it. And then he asked how we should talk to Brett. 
And we said, I think you just got to say, hey, Brett, Lee's got a suggestion. Here's a suggestion. And literally while we were on the video chat, Travis says, this is who we're thinking about bringing on. And he says, you know, want to bring Tom on. And Brett's face just like kid on Christmas morning, the video chat. Yes. Oh, my God. What is happening? <laughs> like this, so, I mean, like Brett, an amazing artist. But then you pair that with a letter like Tom and you've got this is just like the book just continues to be something that I am excited to be able to put in people's hands. And, and it's such a weird situation too, because it was one of those things, like I said, it's just like a bunch of friends that are just like, let's make a comic book and let's do this on our own. And there's been a couple of people that have been interested in it, but we're like, no, we're just going to, we just want to do it on our own because we just want to do it and have the, just the fun of running this out, you know, on our, on our own. So over gas productions it's just our own thing <laughs> and i was looking here in the background uh so this is the third issue of starlight that's live on kickstarter everyone listening if it sounds like something that you're interested in former child superhero stars with uh, uh space pirates and uh kidnappings and the like if that sounds like something up your alley it is live on kickstarter right now uh go check it out it's at starlightcomicbook.com I was doing a little research on it, uh, bringing up the tab for the Kickstarter page. Uh, you guys are about 80% funded. You're about 4400 out of your $5,500 goal. Uh, still plenty of time left on the clock, so there's no doubt in my mind that you're going to fund in full. What does the future hold for you and for Starlight? It's a great question. Uh, I think like as we continue to do this, we're only on issue number three. It's It's got four more books, and uh, we're as, uh, as we're doing Starlight and the small little group that we are. Uh, we've all got lots of different ideas and other things that we'd like to see come to come to light. So um, just doing this as a as a as a fun project uh, for us, it, it's given us the opportunity to look at it as like, oh, hey, we could we could do a couple other things that we also have in the hopper, right? So pull those things out and maybe maybe after after issue one or issue one, uh, story arc one of Starlight is over. We might try something different for a moment from another another story idea line, and then. Uh, but we do have interesting enough, interestingly enough, uh, some more some more ideas for for the Starlight uh, book books in the future. So uh, there's a there's there's yet another story arc after the seven issues. So we can't just leave it at that. <laughs> Greg. What have been the biggest obstacles or challenges that you faced and how did you overcome them? Oh man, biggest obstacles uh, that I've, that I faced, I would say myself, like honestly, like just the self doubt, like that you can't do whatever it is that this is that we're doing, making comics. Uh, and, and I, every time somebody comes up and buys a book, that just must mean that I'm doing something right. And it's just reassurance that I am doing something right because somebody's interested in it and they come back and buy another book. It means that they must have liked the first book that they bought. Honestly, like I think all creators and everyone, everyone that I know in the creative world, uh, a lot of us have those, those things where it's like, is it good enough? Am I, am I good enough to do this? Is this, is, am I, am I doing this right? Can I do this right? I, I think that's just like the biggest obstacle is like, you know, telling yourself that you can do this. I, I know like the first weekend that I went out to go try to pitch Junior Braves to comic book stores before it come out and just going around 
to just going around Emerald City Comic Con, uh, like the year or two before the book came out, the year before it came out, walking around, I guess, and trying to talk to comic book shops and people that were there. And hi, I'm Greg. I've got this book coming out and it's coming out this summer. I think you're going to be really excited for it. Some previews right now, you, should, you know, and, and just like the look of like, cool. Thanks. Thanks for coming by. What is this packet that you're giving me? Why, you know, and, and I'm like, Oh my God, I'm doing something wrong. What have I done wrong? And it's like, I, I, you know, just like, I, like the, that, that voice in the back of my head, I am doing this wrong. But then to find out that like, obviously they probably get that all the time. Everyone is trying to sell their comic book to a store. <laughs> so it's, it's just like, you have to, it's also in timing too. Uh, so it's just like, can't call, call a comic book store at a comic book show. I mean, you can, but <laughs> it doesn't, it's like, my thought process was they're here. I'm here. Why not? Uh, what yeah. do you feel has been your biggest mistake? Ah, uh, biggest mistake. I, I, biggest mistake, but I would say like sometimes the biggest mistake is also sometimes your biggest could be your biggest good thing too. Like I, there's a switch in the back of somebody, some of everyone's head that says, don't do this thing. Don't do this thing. Don't do this thing. And I don't listen to that switch all the time because I don't think I'm wired that way to, to not do that. It just doesn't register like most people. Um, so I just do the thing. And uh, I had gotten a hold of a large distributor's, information and again it's the cold calling thing i <laughs> before junior days came out i was like hey my name is greg i got this book it's coming out i think you might be really into this book and um i had the then i had a meeting with folks from oni that were like i don't know what you did and i was like oh god am i trouble they're like no but you made this person buy this book that they would never have bought and what did you do? And I was like, I don't know. I just said, hi, my name is Greg. <laughs> so it's, it's uh, sometimes your biggest, like I said, it could be your biggest mistake might be your, your, you, you feel like your biggest mistake is, is a huge mistake, but it might also be like a good way to fail upwards. <laughs> and on the flip side of that coin, what's been your best moment? Uh, my best moment. Like, I think it's like when there's either when you sell this, when you sell a book and it doesn't matter if it's Virginia Raves or it's an anthology that I've worked in and I've written the story in this book, in a, in a book, or, you know, like if it's an issue of like Starlight or something like that, it, any book, but you're at a comic show and some fan comes up, could be a kid, could be a, a mom, a dad, uh, some, someone that just comes up and they're just like, the thing that you made, I, I get it. I understand it. I you know, if it's Junior Braves, I'm, I'm, I'm in the Boy Scouts and I, and I, I, I love this book or I'm a Scoutmaster and it, this totally is like a book that my kids and I love or like with Starlight, you know, we've had folks that have come up and they're like, I went to Raves all the time as a kid and I wish I was a superhero or this type, you know, that kind of thing. And it's like, I, they, there's that, the connection and it's like, you wrote a book for me. And it's like just having somebody feel like you wrote something for them and then getting an opportunity to tell you that I, and hearing that for me, that's like, that's the best feeling. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, awesome. I made something that somebody needed in their life <laughs> and I was part of that. And that's the, like, you can't, you, that's, that's the best feeling. It's just such a good feeling to be able to be that, that person that made something for them. What's been the best advice that you've received? Best advice that I've received uh, is that no matter what your 
trying to get into any of these types of things that we do uh, creatively, as long as you've got two of these three things, you should be able to do them and uh, do it. And it's, you know, having the drive slash desire, creativity or ability and skill and or the luck and, you know, making sure that you have two of those things. And I feel like, you know, as long as we're all driven to do stuff, you're going to and and you have the, the skill and ability you should be able to do that. But obviously like luck has, has been throwing me some good ones lately. (laughs) So that's always nice, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like you, you work really hard. It takes like, you know, those 10,000 hours to, to, to lock something in. And it's just a matter of, you know, just working towards the thing that you want to do. And if it's writing books or making comics or making people laugh doing podcasts or whatever it is, um, making a movie, um, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where we just have to put the time and the effort into it and it'll eventually you'll, you'll figure it out or people will come around and they'll start helping out. You know, they'll see that you're, you want to do this thing. Thank you for listening to the under the mask podcast. Starlight is live on Kickstarter now through June 3rd. You can support it by visiting www.starlightcomicbook.com. Greg, where else can we find you online? Uh, you can find me personally at that amazing twit on Twitter or on Instagram. You can find the Starlight Comic Book at Starlight Comic on Twitter and at in, on Instagram. Also, I, sometimes I do TikToks. I, I I don't like that's something I started to do more during the pandemic just because I thought they were fun. <laughs> like, so you can find me at, at GK Wordsmith. That's my my alternate. Uh, handle also on twitter as well so uh you can find me on both of those either on tiktok or on uh on there and, and you can find me at the retro emporium the uh the store that my wife and i run in uh kent washington most weekends except for today oh <laughs> uh, well, greg thank you so much for coming on and talking with me today been a blast oh thanks for having me it was awesome it was good to see you and good to chat If you know a creator that makes comic books or any other media and think they'd be a good fit for the show, drop us a line at underthemaskshow at gmail.com. You've been listening to the Under the Mask podcast with Bill Colomb. Welcome to the family. If you're a fan of comic books, a total process junkie, or just looking for more insight into launching your own book, you've found the right podcast for you. Thanks for listening, and make sure to like or leave a review, and we'd appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or two. To reach out, visit us at underthemaskpodcast.com. This has been a presentation of Why Comics. Till next time, this is the Under the Mask Podcast, signing off. 